the ceremonial start of the podcast. Yeah, it's the it's the gong. Everybody, ready? Ooh, that one that was, was spicy. One. That was a good one. Yep. Yeah, that's the product of accidentally slamming one of your earbuds into your glass, and the two of you having an absolute meltdown. <laughs> Well, you said you, went to go, you said you were going to unplug something, so I thought that sound was the sound of like the device being unplugged. So I was like, that's well, better. that's fun. Yeah, that's better. No, but I had the same reaction, and I knew what the source of the noise was. I just got excited. All right, that's fun. Yes, and you know what? That's what happens, because this is crime culture, and we are ourselves you know sure you know sure cheers everybody i got a request from i think autumn to be like hey what if you i don't know do a selfie oh i could do a selfie that would make more sense i'm trying to hide my notes so that i can post Uh, patreon exclusive if you are part of our patreon and part of our discord then you'll get a photo of what caitlin is drinking I just and saw every iteration of that selfie, and it was definitely worth joining the podcast for the yeah, Patreon for. The the last one is the best one for sure, and that's the one that's going up. Um, and yeah, this week's drink is um, and I'm not trying to to. I know that there's, and that's why we drink the podcast, and I think that they still talk about what they're drinking every week. But uh-huh. um, no, apparently people were very um, amused by the Caitlin has when Haley outed me for the record. Um, Caitlin has an, an entire, entire bottle of simply, of simply lemonade. lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> Why waste a glass when I know I'm going to be parched the entire time? And this time I will say I do have my entire pitcher of iced tea with me, <laughs> but I'm pouring it into a glass. Of, you're pouring it into a glass and it looked like you had a like a. At least from the coloring on my Skype right now, it looks like you had a huge glass of wine. Um, like, no, topped it, off glass of wine. It does look like an alcoholic beverage because I was drinking from the same glass with the same liquid in a Zoom meeting this past week. And one of my coworkers did indeed message me privately and was like, Caitlin, are you hitting the bottle in the middle of this meeting? And I'm like, no, I am not. I'm, I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm never hitting are. the bottle. I know. I would really respect it. Um, I also, it was a week. So the irony of that was my dab pen is just off screen and just staring at me with this little siren song. And I really was like tempted in this meeting to just like hit the pen once or twice. Yeah, um, but not? I didn't. And I think I get credit for that. For you my get a little resolve. treat. Exactly. And the little treat happened as soon as I clocked out. Um, What are we talking about this week? So this week, we are talking about the mogul, the myth, the Martha, Martha Stewart. (gasps) Oh, Oh, and that's Haley. I'm Caitlin. Neither of us are Martha Stewart. Um, But we are the co-hosts of Crime Culture, and that's still not Martha Stewart, but that's okay. Um, Tell me about Martha. Martha. So, first of all, Martha was born Martha Helen Costira in Jersey City, New Jersey. She's one of oh, you. Hey. Yeah, she's one of y'all. On August 3rd, 1941, uh, she was the youngest of six children, born into a Polish Catholic family, headed by parents Edward and Martha. We love a, we love a female junior. Yeah. Um, you don't see that it's not done en- Yeah, it's not done enough. Um, but yes, Martha Ne Ryszkowski, Kostira, 
and both of her parents were teachers, but her dad actually later became a pharmaceutical salesman. And when Martha was three years old, the family moved to the working class neighborhood of Nutley, New Jersey. I'm not sure yep. if you are familiar. Okay. I was in Nutley not too long ago. Not too long ago? Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So they lived there. That's where she grew up. And when she was 10 years old, she actually was the occasional babysitter for the children of various New York Yankees baseball players, including mm -hmm. Mickey Mantle, Yogi Berra, and Gil McDougald. Shout out to my dad mm -hmm. for me knowing those names. Um, and she also even organized birthday parties for Mickey and his wife Merlin's four sons. Wow. Yeah. So she started young. Um, and that's not all that she started young. Um, from an early age, she developed a passion for cooking, gardening, and just generally like keeping the home, but not in a like, like you like a, a like a beaten down woman way. Yes, yes. Like you're um, forced you. to do this. Exactly. Like she, so her mom taught her the basics of cooking and baking and sewing, and then his dad shared his passion with gardening for for gardening with her. And then her grandparents, she would go up and visit them in Buffalo, New York, and they taught her how to can and preserve. And so she was just really fascinated by all of this stuff. And then she was also very active in her school's extracurricular activities, including the newspaper and art club. So this was just all stuff that kind of came naturally to her. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to do like homemaking stuff. No. Like People have to do it. Like whether you want to or not, somebody's going to have to cook and clean and mm -hmm. and diy things and mm -hmm. garden and do stuff so, like that all that has to be done so it's good if you have like a actual passion for it instead of like dreading it every time it comes up yeah if you got show a home, me how to fold a fitted it. sheet i can show you how to fold a fitted sheet that's one of the few things i know how to do martha's gonna tell me or that. Okay, I'll just go fuck myself then. Thank you. Yep. Um, Martha, I'm not. I want uh, a felon to tell me. <laughs> goes out, steals a car. What about now? Um, okay, so when Martha was 13, she started working as a model, later telling People Magazine in 2020, quote, my neighbor, a beautiful ballerina, was modeling for Stuart Models, and she had a contract. Her parents said to me, Martha, you're so pretty. You should be modeling also. So I did. I signed with Ford Models and was immediately signed up for TV commercials. I was the all-American girl. I played mar married parts when I was 16 years old. Ooh. I was so skinny and so perfect for modeling, but I didn't know that I was beautiful. That was my only problem. I knew that I could model. I knew I could pose for pictures, but I was not sexy and I was not provocative. That feeling never came. It still hasn't come. I'm waiting for that day. I remember thinking, God, I'm more beautiful than Allie McGraw, but I didn't know how to be Allie McGraw. I didn't know how to lure the photographers into my bed. Everybody was sleeping with everybody at the time, and I never did any of that, end quote. So she did. She ended up doing, not sleeping with other people. Um, she ended up <laughs> appearing in numerous TV commercials and in magazines. She even did some fashion modeling. She worked with clients from Unilever to Chanel. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of Chanel. Yeah, um, vaguely. <laughs> Yeah. And she said in the 2013 PBS documentary Makers, Women Who Make America, that she could at the time make up to $50 an hour through modeling, which she was like, that was a lot back then. Bitch, that's a lot now. That's more than I make yeah. an hour. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, but I agree. That was even more back then. Um, so after she graduated from Nutley High School, she attended Barnard College of Columbia University in New York City. And she continued modeling all throughout college to help pay her tuition 
And originally she planned to major in chemistry, but then switched to art history and then later architectural history. So during her undergrad, she met a man named Andrew Stewart, who was pursuing his law degree at Yale Law School. Mm. I wonder if Andrew Stewart and Martha Kostira are going to end up being an item. I wonder. Well, they got married in July 1961, so that answers that. Lock down that lawyer. <laughs> yep. And then she returned to Barnard a year later to graduate with a double major in history and architectural history. Damn. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, Andrew Stewart was no slouch, and he founded a publishing house and served as chief executive of several others. Um, and a few years after they got married and graduated in 1965, Martha gave birth to their only child, a daughter named Alexis, in New York City. I didn't even know they had kids. I know. She has a kid. Wow. Alexis. Right. Um, who has, like, a radio show. She's basically a podcaster herself. Oh, really? Um, yeah. She's 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 pretty dope, but she is nothing like her mother. Like, All right. Yeah. In the good ways or bad ways? In, 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 you'll, you'll hear about it. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Andrew and Martha moved to Westport, Connecticut. I'm familiar. You're not. Yeah. But, oh, you might be a little familiar. Yeah. I, I, my dentist was there. I think my therapist was kind of there. I worked tangentially there. Um, but yeah, so there they purchased and restored an 1805 farmhouse on Turkey Hill Road. I am familiar. Which would later become the model for the TV studio of her show, Martha Stewart Living. Living. Mm. Um, but so during this project, Martha never forgot her childhood passions and so her zest for restoring and decorating just kind of came back to life mm -hmm. so in 1967 after she had graduated college she worked on wall street as an institutional stockbroker, which was her father-in-law's profession and stewart wrote in september 2022 on her website she had a little blog um, not a little blog nothing martha does is ever little but uh, quote, the job taught me so much about what it takes to build a real business, a real company, a meaningful and useful enterprise. Yet it was not until I left Wall Street that I discovered my true entrepreneurial bent. I loved ideas. I loved building. I loved creating. I loved making things that would enhance everyday living. And I loved making money as a result, end quote. Yeah. Which, yeah, who doesn't? Love uh, to make money. Yeah. She also told People Magazine, quote, the most important of my early jobs was being a stockbroker. And I lasted in that business for about eight years working in a firm of all men. Only one woman owned seat, only one woman owned a seat on the New York Stock Exchange at the time. Wow. I'm not intimidated by men. I never was. I had three brothers who were beating on me all the time growing up. But men actually welcomed me to their offices. We wore hot pants to work. I still have my pale peachy pink ones and my chocolate brown ones. I wore them with either high heels, bare legs, or tights. Elegant, but also crazy. Like, how can you go to work in short shorts? But I didn't think twice about it. I was totally respected. I didn't even know what a glass ceiling was until somebody explained it to me because being a woman and being a businesswoman was all one and the same to me. I had a very successful career in the stock market, and I sometimes regret not staying in that business because becoming an investment banker would have been pretty fabulous. But I was lured to the home, end quote. So yeah, Martha did ultimately leave the workforce to raise her daughter, Alexis, mm -hmm. which proved to be a challenging time for both of them. Um, with Martha later describing their relationship as difficult and noting that Alexis was sent to boarding school once she was old enough. Ooh. Mm-hmm. 
in 2011, Alexis wrote a book called Whateverland, Learning to Live Here. Um, live here? My voice caught. I don't know why. Um, and she wrote in this book that her mother's perfectionism was wide-reaching, saying, quote, mm. if I didn't do something perfectly, I had to do it again. I grew up with a glue gun pointed at my head, end quote. <laughs> and oh this is God. what I mean. That's this hilarious. Is, yes, this is what I mean by Alexis is nothing like her mother. She's bitingly funny. And also, she's not that, like, she swears all the time on her show. Yeah. She's like, she's, she's. Yeah, that's, that's a very interesting dynamic between a mother who was so successful in a male-dominated workforce and, like, was just kind of succeeding at everything she does. I mean, look at, like, yeah. look at her, like, efforts in popular culture today like she can craft she can garden she can cook she can do all these things and to be like the child of that i can see that being very difficult to try to live up to yes well you are somewhat on the money here um but alexis had some tea to spill in this book because of course that's why you write the book <laughs> no the book was actually like a handbook on how to like live basically like it didn't have to do with that but she like she and she even dedicates the book to her mother being like for not killing me for all of the stuff that i'm telling in this book all right um but yeah they had a very like fucked up relationship when she was growing up um despite her mom's like very public image what she conveyed conveys behind closed doors she was far from the perfect mom or homemaker Mm. even um alexis noted that Martha had a, quote, very hands-off approach to child rearing, end quote. I could see that. And pointed out that she experienced struggles from, like, at the hands of her mother. Chronic hoarding, um, Mm. letting the dogs use the bathroom in the house. Oh, no. Rarely having food in the refrigerator. Um, Her mother would pee with the door open, even while Alexis had friends over. (laughs) Um, Okay. Yeah. And she was even, like, a straight-up Scrooge when it came to the holidays with alexis wow. writing quote martha was not interested in being kid friendly she would hand me things right before christmas and say now wrap these but don't look inside halloween oh was also a grim affair there were no costumes there was no anything we turned off all the lights and pretended we weren't home end quote oh my god i know it's fucking martha it's weird that you decide to like be a stay-at-home mother and like actively try to not do anything for your child <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's um, really really interesting to me not just that she also called out her mom's rude behavior bad manners and at times morally questionable values recalling uh, a time spill yeah oh i will um or rather alexis did um recalling a time when quote a woman lived near us when i was little had married someone very wealthy and very unattractive and my mother actually told me when i was a small child now, Alexis, if this ever happens, you make sure you have sex with somebody else to have their baby. Don't have his baby. End quote. Excuse me? However, she noted... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, All right. However, she noted... Alexis noted that some of these flaws were resulted from her mom's family's economic struggles growing up, um, explaining that Martha was, quote very practical about it it was a survival skill you have someone rich and ugly who takes care of you and you have someone who's hot and makes attractive babies end quote so did she worry about her parentage uh you know it's a good question i don't know (laughs) i don't know i know that alexis is married for love and not for rich or for beauty okay um 
But yeah, so the two had like a very like messy relationship, very dysfunctional. Sounds like it. Um, but they have since healed their relationship with Alexis noting today that she is quick to defend her family against other critics saying, mm-hmm. quote, I am like fisticuffs, you know, I'm ready, end quote. Yeah. So, yeah, like you can talk shit about your family, but nobody can talk shit about yours. And it's Fuck easier no. to repair your relationship as like a grown adult person with yes. like your own experiences and opinions and everything behind yes. it than it is like as a kid when you're like just figuring out who you are. Mm hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I could see that, like, getting a little bit better with age. Yeah. Um, so back to, so aside from Alexis's upbringing, meanwhile, in the 1970s, um, Stewart started a catering business in her basement with a friend from her modeling days, Norma Collier. And according to MarthaStewart.com, she launched the business from her historic Westport farmhouse. And all of the food that she prepared was made from scratch, recipes that she had developed herself. But the venture, while it quickly became successful, it soured when Collier alleged that Martha was difficult to work with and was also taking catering jobs on the side. Um, oh, she yeah. was double dipping a little bit. She was double dipping a little bit. And oh, Martha bitch. was being difficult to work with. So Martha soon that. bought out Collier's portion of the business. And okay. Martha was also at this time, about this time, more or less my dates were really funky for this period um she was also hired as the manager of a gourmet food store the market basket but after Mm -hmm. a disagreement with the owners at the like the the little the store uh she was forced out so she opened her own store and i the market basket sounded very familiar to me yeah there there was a market basket where my sister lived upstate but i don't know if that's just like a name of a different chain or something like that yeah because the one that i'm assuming because it's in norwalk which is next to westport okay. like i've been there i uh-huh. know that market basket and so i'm wondering if it is the same one it wouldn't shock me if it was the same one um but like yeah if, if it is i've Very been there i've been to the market basket um but yeah so by 1977 Andrew, meanwhile, publisher Ken, has become the president of a prominent New York City publisher publishing house called Harry and Abrams, Inc. And he contracted his wife's company to cater one of his book release parties. So Martha was there. And while she was there, she was introduced to Alan Merkin, who was the head of Crown Publishing Group, which at the time was a subsidiary of a little publishing house called Random House. Oh, okay. So the two got to talking, and Merkin was very impressed by Martha's talent as a chef and a hostess with a, she's got, you know, like, she's got those, like, distinct visual presentations, and she's got those, like, stylish recipes for her catering business, and he's very impressed. So much so that he later contacted her to develop a cookbook featuring the recipes that she used for her catering business and then photos from these impressive parties that she would host at home. So the first, the result was her first cookbook called Entertaining, which was ghostwritten by Elizabeth Hawes and published on December 13th, 1982. And the book quickly became a huge fucking success. Uh, MarthaStewart.com said it, quote, was considered unusual at the time for having all color photographs, end quote. Martha never does anything half-assed. Yeah. Um, If that book's going to have pictures, they're going to be color pictures. And also for a cookbook, I feel like it's important to have color pictures. I agree. I agree. It's more enticing Um, that way. 
well it's more enticing and then like you know that everything is the way that it's supposed to look yeah exactly um so according to entrepreneur though it sold more than 625,000 copies which like at the time Oof. girl yes so following the success of entertaining martha released many more cookbooks under the clarkson potter publishing imprint including martha stewart's quick cook in 1983 martha stewart's hors d'oeuvres in 1984 martha stewart's pies and tarts in 1985 weddings in 1987 which was also ghostwritten by elizabeth hawes the wedding planner in 1988 martha stewart's secrets for entertaining also in 1988 and another in 1988 martha stewart's quick cook menus as well as martha stewart's christmas in 1989 among others she's written like a hundred yeah um so during this time, she also authored dozens of newspaper columns, magazine articles, and other pieces on homemaking, and made multiple television appearances on programs like The Oprah Winfrey Show and Larry King Live. But not everything was coming up all sunshine and roses for Martha, because... Oh, no. In 1987, she joined Kmart as an image and product consultant and persuaded them to grow, to sell her growing line of products. She eventually became partners with Kmart... Um, she also became unpartners with her husband, Andrew. They separated same year. And then the two later divorced in 1990, which was the same year she signed a deal with Time Publishing Ventures, Inc. to develop a quarterly magazine called Martha Stewart Living, for which she would serve and served as the editor in chief. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like, it reminds me of that whole Lady Gaga thing where she was like, every time I like hit like a huge thing of success, like I lose my man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she and her husband, they divorced and allegedly never spoke again. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. But as her popularity grew, like, with this magazine, uh, circulation actually peaked in 2002 at more than 2 million copies per issue. Damn. Yep. Time ultimately began publishing an issue of the quarterly Martha Stewart Living. They moved it to, they bumped it to a monthly thing. Okay. Um, so Stewart's natural business instincts helped her transform this small business into a media empire. In 1993, she began a weekly half-hour television program based on her magazine, also called Martha Stewart Living. The show expanded to weekdays in 1997 and then later became a full-hour show in 1999 with half-hour episodes on the weekends, and that ran until 2004. She also became a frequent contributor to NBC's Today Show and later to CBS's The Early Show. She starred in several primetime holiday specials on the CBS network because nobody read Alexis's book yet because it wasn't out yet. Martha's successes soon became widely recognized. Um, she was written as on the cover of New York Magazine's May 1995 issue. She was declared, quote, the definitive American woman of our time, end quote. Whoa. Yeah high praise i know um her television show began receiving yearly emmy nominations starting in 1996 until it's Mm -hmm. until it's run ended it was nominated every year jesus and even one um and adweek named her its 1996 quote publishing executive of the year Mm. so like girl is making moves and by september 1997 she saw the value in owning all of her brands outright and was like, I should like lump them all together and make my money. Yeah. So when Martha and Time Warner disagreed on her intentions to cross sell and market her other various interests, she enlisted the assistance of her business partner, Sharon Patrick, to secure the necessary 
my reports differed on this number, but 75 to 85 million dollars in funding to buy the various TV, print and merchandising ventures related to her brand. Um, So she did buy everything and consolidated them into a new company named Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia or MSLO, of which she served as chairwoman, president and CEO. And Patrick became chief operations officer. Good for Patrick. All right. Yeah. That same year, Time Magazine listed Martha as one of America's top 25 most influential people. People Magazine listed her as one of the 50 most beautiful people in the world. Um, Soon, her company owned three magazines, a TV and cable program, 34 books, a newspaper column, a radio program, a website, and a merchandising line, as well as the Martha by Mail catalog business. In total, she was reaching 88 million people worldwide. Wow. A month. Yeah, that's like the whole world. The whole world knows who Martha Stewart is. The whole world knows who fucking Martha Stewart is. So in 1999, she took her business public. And according to CNN Money, her stock was $18 when she opened it that day. It tripled in value before it closed. And that meant Martha's 70% stake in her company was now more worth more than a billion dollars. Oh, my God. She became a billionaire in a day. Uh, she reminisced about the moment to Insider in 2016, saying, quote, that was a great day. I drove up Madison Avenue after the offering. I was an instant 1.6 billionaire. I was a, it was a fabulous day. And I thought, huh, I can buy anything on this street, end quote. <laughs> Yeah, you could buy the store. Yeah, like, you girl's not even 60 yet. Yeah. Think about that. That's crazy. But now, that didn't make it entirely easy, I guess I should say. Um, she told people in 2020, quote, My company, Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia, went public in 1999. I was the first self-made female billionaire. I had opposition, and that kind of opposition, opposition to a woman-built business was really outrageous. Even my own lawyers were negative about the possibility of success. I remember one lawyer sending me an orchid saying, oh, you did it. Wow. What a surprise. What a piece of garbage that guy is. Yeah, also I fire think I him. Helped. Oh, she's not done. <laughs> oh, she okay. goes, I think I helped so many other women believe in their own ideas and their own business plans and their own paths to glory. Many other women have built amazing companies and done very well. I think I had a good part in that without being an overt feminist, end quote. And like yeah. that last part. I'm like, ooh, like, I hope yeah. she's not talking down about feminism because, like, I would argue that Martha Stewart is a feminist, whether she thinks she is or not. Yeah. But, like, yeah, fire that fucking lawyer, though. Jesus Christ, bud. Yeah, get, only have people working for you that are, like, are also, like, on the path to success that you are. Like, well, and also, you don't want stupid people working under you. And quite yeah. frankly, if this dude is stupid enough to talk down to his boss, the first a female billionaire, billionaire yeah, yeah, you're fucking dumb and you're out. Goodbye. Like, yeah. take care. Ta-ta. No. So yeah, so by the early 2000s, Martha's doing great. But the road to success became a bit rockier. Um, according to Forbes, in 2001, she lost her millionaire, her billionaire status, and then soon she became the center of headlines, speculations, and even a federal investigation mm. um, that would threaten her career, if not her empire. And that is the meat and potatoes that we are going to be digging into now. Um, and this entire time, I would like to point out, I would like everybody to remember, 
Yes, Martha Stewart is very smart. Yes, Martha Stewart is very talented. Martha Stewart was also a stockbroker for years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and even says, I maintained an interest in it. I could have made this my career. Yeah. I could have I could have done this as my career. Um, yeah. I want us to consider these things. When Had we- that meddling kid not gotten in the way. <laughs> this is why you don't have children. No. Uh- <laughs> Some she would have stayed a billionaire. Some people, I agree. Some people should not have children. Like some it seems like shouldn't. things worked out with the two of them, but that doesn't mean that every parent and every child who have a difficult relationship are going to someday be like, you know what, we're good now. Yeah, and that's yeah, okay. That story, that story could have ended very differently, very especially differently. because like the things that her daughter said about her and their home life growing up. That is like an origin story oh. for problems exactly i'm doing an iced tea refill because we're getting into it we're spilling some tea okay. so it's only natural don't spill we... it no don't do that to me because then i will spill it uh, <laughs> so you don't said it. we're gonna talk about this investigation which stemmed from an incident we're going all the way back to december 27th 2001 okay i didn't realize it went back that far this goes back far okay. um so on this day Martha received information that was not publicly available, and she sold her 3,928 shares in a biopharmaceutical company called Imclone Systems. The next day, the Food and Drug Administration refused to review Imclone Systems' cancer drug, Herbitux. As you probably are about to suspect, following the FDA's announcement, Imclone's stock plummeted. And Stewart mm. ended up avoiding a loss of more than $45,000, according to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Okay. A similar situation occurred with a number of other Imclone insiders, though, including the company's counsel, John Landis, who dumped $2.5 million worth of the company's stock on December 6th. Ronald Martell, their vice president of marketing, who sold $2.1 million worth of the stock on December 11th. Mm. And four other company executives cashed in shares between December 12th and December 21st. So between those six people and Martha, this event was too coincidental to be ignored. Yeah. So later investigations revealed that Sam Waxel, who was the CEO of Imclone and a close friend of Martha's, Mm. he learned that the FDA was going to refuse to review Herbitux. And he instructed his stockbroker, Peter Bakanovich, who also just so happened to be Martha's broker, to transfer $4.9 million of stock in his company to the account of his daughter, Eliza Waxel. Mm. Eliza then also requested that Bakanovich sell $2.5 million of her own Imclone stock. Sam Waxel then tried to sell his shares that he had transferred to his daughter, but was blocked by Merrill Lynch, the brokerage firm. Mm-hmm. And phone records indicated that Bakanovich, the broker, called Martha's office shortly after Sam's daughter, Eliza, dumped her shares. And then 10 minutes later, Martha's stock sold. Okay. So this was all very fast. Yes. Um, by June 5th, 2002, this is the day before the news broke about this insider trading investigation. Martha's company was worth over $954 million. Oof. She owned over 30 million company shares, which was estimated to be worth about $591 million. Jesus. Let's, yeah. 
so she's got she's got money and all this was to again save like 51,000 45,000 like my numbers differed but I stuck with whatever the SEC said so $45,000 this is all to save $45,000 all of this um so on June 12, 2002, Sam Waxel was arrested on charges of insider trading, obstruction of justice, and bank fraud, in addition to previously filed securities fraud and perjury charges in relation to this incident. Damn. He pleaded innocent for nine months, but then eventually pleaded guilty to insider training and six out of the 13 charges, 13 other charges. All right. Then... He was sentenced to seven years in prison, but he was released after five. And he said in his plea, quote, I am aware that my conduct while I was in possession of material non-public information was wrong. I've made some terrible mistakes and I deeply regret what has happened, end quote. So mm. he, he denied, denied, denied. And then he was like, all right, I, I did. Actually, yeah. Whoopsie daisy. Um, it's a big whoopsie daisy. Don't really know yep. how your finger just kind of slips. But what do I know? I'm just a woman um so meanwhile martha is getting asked about this by the sec and she's got an alibi okay she says she denied engaging or she denied engaging in any improper trading she was flying to mexico with two of her friends in her private jet as you do when you're martha stewart to Uh go on vacation at the time that she sold her stock and en route to Mexico, she called her office to check her messages, which included one from her broker, Bakanovich, with news that her Imclone stock had dropped below $60 a share. Stewart claimed that she had previously issued a what's called a stop loss order to sell that stock if it fell below $60 a share. So she called okay. Bakanovich and asked him to sell it. She then said that she called her friend Sam Waxel, her good friend, her good buddy. Mm-hmm. But when she couldn't get a hold of him, her assistant left him a message saying, quote, something's going on with Imclone and she wants to know what it is. She's staying at Los Ventanos, end quote. However, mm-hmm. Sam Waxel did not call Martha back. In August 2002, investigators requested Martha's phone and email records related to Imclone stock trade, as well as her Merrill Lynch account and those of her business manager. And Martha and Bakanovich could not provide proof that a stop loss order existed so mm-hmm. already like her her story is a little rocky um and then congressional investigators for the u.s house of representatives energy and commerce committee could not find any credible record of there being an order of this between martha and her broker mm-hmm. in any of the documents that were provided however Portions of these documents presented to the committee were also unreadable because they were heavily redacted. Great. And so Stewart's lawyers, which included Alexis's husband, her daughter Alexis Stewart's husband, John okay. R. Cootie, um, who not only is he a lawyer, he's the former lead guitarist for the band The Inflatables. So like okay. we love we love multiple careers. And his last name's Cootie. Cootie. I think. It's C-U-T-I, so I assumed it was Cootie. Okay. It could be Cuddy, like Kid Cuddy. Maybe he's the white Kid Cuddy. We don't know. Um, but either way, she or he and the rest of Martha's legal team later agreed to return to Capitol Hill with the unedited documents. So they're already caught once. Um, the Energy and Commerce Committee did not call Martha to testify because her lawyers made it very clear that she would invoke her Fifth Amendment right to remain silent if she was. 
Mm -hmm. And for those who don't know, that just means like you're basically giving the silent treatment. You're just like, I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. Tick a lock. Throw away the key. I'm not speaking today. But if you invoke your right to remain silent, you cannot say or answer anything. It's not just like, oh, I'll answer some questions, but I won't answer others. It's you're not you're you're not speaking. Yeah. So investigators who had been negotiating unsuccessfully with Martha's lawyers to arrange for her voluntary testimony came to believe that she was quote unquote stonewalling and refusing to cooperate. And that led many to question the validity of her story that she just had this stop loss like Mm. in the public. Mm-hmm. On CBS News, for example, president of Lexicon Communications, Stephen Fink, questioned her choice of avoiding to face the questions, saying, quote, someone as culturally prominent as Stewart would be expected to address the public, and she has not really done that, resulting, rightly or wrongly, in the perception that she has something to hide, end quote. All right. And yeah, she really did not handle this well. Um, when the scandal first became public, Martha and her team began a campaign to detach her completely from the events. However, she couldn't escape the questions and public scrutiny about this scandal, including like being the butt of jokes on SNL. Like, yeah, that'll happen frequently, repeatedly. Yeah, it even happened to the Try Guys. Um, But yeah, so even in a regular weekly cooking segment on CBS's The Early Show, the host, Jane Clayson, attempted to ask Martha about the scandal. Oh my god, it's a cooking segment. It's like, you're not going to get some fucking hard-hitting news here. Well, actually, she did get a really good quote because Martha responded, I want to focus on my salad. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be my uh, my new thing. <laughs> if I'm not talking about thing. something, I'm going to focus on my salad. I want to focus on my salad. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm like, damn, like... This wasn't a good move, but damn, if she didn't still do it well. That's rich white lady. Uh-huh. Shut the fuck up. Uh-huh. But you know who didn't focus on her? I'm sure absolutely delicious salad. Hmm. The House Energy and Commerce Committee, which ultimately handed the Martha Stewart M-Clone investigation over to the U.S. Department of Justice All with right. a strong suggestion to investigate whether Martha had lied to the committee. Additionally, the SEC indicated that it was ready to file civil securities fraud charges against Martha for her alleged role in the insider trading scandal and her public statement about the stop loss arrangement with her broker. Mm. Federal prosecutors said they widened their investigation to include whether Martha's public statements about why she sold the Inclone shares were intended to increase the price of her own company's stock and constituted securities fraud. Because you see, in the U.S. federal law, prohibits officers of public corporations like MSLO and Martha uh, from knowingly making false statements that have the potential to shape or otherwise affect an investor's decision to buy or sell stock in their company, meaning, or any company. Um, Basically, if prosecutors were able to prove that Martha lied to repair her credibility so that people would buy more stock, it could be punishable. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, her and her spokespeople continued to dodge requests for comment and they made themselves completely unreachable. But as news of the scandal continued to spread, the stock of MSLO plummeted. And by October 2002, Martha's holdings dropped to being worth $162 million. Again, remember, her holdings at the beginning of this whole ordeal were worth, like the day Almost before the, the news broke, 
Well, that's what the company was worth. Her shares oh, okay. were worth five hundred ninety-one million. Okay, we're down from five ninety-one to one sixty-two. Still, a I'm not good at math. Yeah, I'm not good at math, but that's not good. That's a yeah. that's a pretty big drop from June to October. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, Martha's still holding steadfast that no, this is her story. This is her story, and that's all good and well and fine. Until it collapsed when Douglas Fenuel, the broker's assistant who handled the sale of her Imclone stock, told Merrill Lynch's lawyers that his boss, Peter Bakanovich, had pressured him to lie about a stop loss order um, because it was being investigated. And so yeah, it's he was all like, well I'm and your good boss. To like, it's all well and good to like lie for yourself and you're the only one that's going to get in trouble when like a team of people are also going to get into like federal trouble. Uh, yep. I guess what? I'm not keeping secrets anymore. Yep. And that's pretty much exactly what Finuel did because he initially backed Martha's story, but he later told prosecutors that Bakanovich prompted him to advise Martha that the Waxel family was dumping their stock and that she should consider doing the same. Mm. During interviews with law enforcement officials, Finuel said, quote, I did not truthfully reveal everything I knew about the actions of my immediate supervisor and the true reason for the sales, end quote. He reportedly received money or other valuables in return for hiding his knowledge from investigators. And so, yeah, we're we're in 2002 at this point. So on October 2nd, 2002, my partner Michael celebrated his birthday. Yes. And Finuel pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor charge. The next day, one had a better day than the other. One had a much better guess. day than the other, I would assume. Yes. The next yeah. day, October 3rd, Aaron Samuels asked what day it was. Does my hair look sexy? Push back. Um, also that day, Martha Stewart resigned from her board membership of the New York Stock Exchange. One had a better day than the other. One had a better day than the other, yes. The day after that, my father celebrated his birthday. Oh my god. Just so many celebrations and so many bad things happening for Martha Stewart. Oh, what a tangled web we weave. So, <laughs> Fignol was fired by Merrill Lynch after he pleaded guilty, and Bakanovich was also fired for declining to cooperate with investigators looking into trading activity of Imclone Systems Inc. shares. Uh, Fignol was also later fined $2,000, but he did not receive jail time. Okay. So, another damaging testimony that definitely sealed Martha's fate was that of Mariana Pasternak, who was one of the friends on that flight to Mexico. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Yup, because that's Should've the thing about being a white woman. Margarita. Uh-huh. Um, so on the witness stand, Pasternak revealed that she believed Martha had made a statement indicating her involvement with insider trading, claiming she had said, quote, isn't it nice to have brokers who will tell you these things? End quote. Oh my God, you dumb bitch. <laughs> Martha, oh my no! god this is why we if don't drink commit, on the plane if you're gonna commit a crime don't announce it to your fucking travel mates ah, listen listen if there's one thing about white women they will always stab you in the back you don't tell them shit yeah oh, also man. like i was thinking the entire time this is like rich white people crime mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and that's why we're talking about it because we needed an upper um and we can't afford the drugs that rich white people can afford so this is our yeah. upper so, yeah, she said this at around the time the alleged misconduct took place. And with Pastor Nack's testimony and Finuel's testimony 
and things like this and the failure to provide proof that a stop call order existed and the redacted documents that they had to yep. like be like give us the unredacted documents mounting, yeah the situation mounting, mounting. Uh-huh, it's not looking good it's not looking good martha um so although the charges of securities fraud ended up being thrown out the jury did find martha stewart guilty of one felony count of conspiracy two felony counts of making false statements and one felony count of obstruction of agency proceedings getting us four federal offenses Mm. on june 17 2004 a judge sentenced martha to five months in prison five months house arrest and two years of probation as well as the order to pay a fine of three thousand dollars if she wasn't martha stewart this would have been such a worse sentence (gasps) sorry mr zero thirty thousand dollars i yeah but still like five months five months months. five months two years probation thirty thousand dollars yeah, it, this would have been, uh, this would have been like much, much, much worse had it not been Martha Stewart who this was happening to. Yep. Um, yeah, and the irony of all of this too, Martha could have sold her Imclone stock on December thirty first after this news broke instead of December twenty seventh, the day before, uh-huh. and collected an one hundred eighty thousand dollar profit without raising any concerns, which is just $48,000 less than what she gained by selling earlier. And also, that's not including the $30,000 fine that she now has to pay. And the smear on her... Reputation. uh, Reputation, And the losses of her stock. Like, she she really could have avoided all of this. Um, Yeah, so Martha went to prison proclaiming her innocence, even... Forgive me, forgive me for this one. Invoking the name of former South African President Nelson Mandela as an example oh of the quote. God. The quote, many good people who have gone to prison, end quote. Martha! No one has suffered as much as I have suffered. <gasps> Martha, no! <laughs> oh my God. And although she denied any wrongdoing, which she still maintains to this day, um, yep, the scandal sliced more than 70% off the stock price of MSLO. And But I also believe that she, like, I believe that she believes she did nothing wrong. Oh, I believe that, yeah. Yeah. So I think she is, like, if you put her, on, like, in a lie detector, like, even yeah. though we know that those aren't 100% real, yeah, she we'll 100% about. believes that she didn't do anything wrong. So... That's just her truth. Yeah, which she's is living not her truth. The world's truth. Live your truth, Martha. <laughs> Live your truth. I guess. Um, yeah. As wrong as it is. As 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 misguided as it is, Nelson Mandela would want you to live your truth. So live that goddamn truth, Martha. Oh god. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she um according to one estimate, this this slashing of the price of MSLO's stock washed away more than a quarter of her net worth, which was estimated to be six hundred fifty million prior to the scandal. Damn. Um, yeah. So she did appeal her sentence, and she, based on this, could have waited until the appeal before serving time, but okay. instead she opted to just serve out her sentence to quote put the ordeal behind her end quote. And Mm -hmm. for what it's worth, it was a smart move because the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit in New York ultimately upheld her conviction in 2006. So she would have had to wait like two years only to be told, yep, you're still going to prison. (laughs) So she was sent to prison. She I think we talked about this before. She asked to be sent to a prison in a women's correctional facility in Danbury because Danbury is like a hop, skip and a jump from Westport. 
in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, but she ended up being sent to a prison in West Virginia, almost heaven, Blue Ridge Mountains, okay. Shenandoah River. Um, and when she got there, she seemed to do a complete 180. Like, I'm talking, she got a teardrop tattoo. No. Um, but she did do a 180. <laughs> she did do a 180. Because during her jail time, she kept in contact with her fans by posting letters on her website describing her life in prison. This is a minimum security prison, by the way, in case you couldn't tell. Um, yeah. And because she went to prison early, one marketing expert said said that she actually went quote from villain to victim end quote so the result was that although martha's image was tainted she still maintained her popularity and many of her fans loyalty uh, in fact her sentence had a surprising financial effect while she was serving her time she even became a billionaire again according to forbes wild i know uh, during an appearance on Sirius XM's Howard Stern show last year, Rosie O'Donnell revealed that she actually reached out to Martha during her time in prison. Um, and again, this is at West Virginia's Alderson Federal Prison Camp. Um, and O'Donnell spoke about her relationship with Martha and about how Martha had ended up asking her to come visit her in prison. She said she didn't know her on a personal level, but that she had been a guest on her talk show multiple times. So she emailed her and told Martha that if she ever needed anything, like, please let her know. And two months later, O'Donnell said Martha's assistant contacted her and asked her to visit her in West Virginia. So O'Donnell went. And she said of the experience, quote, you want to hear how silly I am? I thought, it's prison. I didn't take a shower. I was trying to look as low key as I could. And I walk in there and she walks through the door like she's in a Scavulo photo shoot. Her her oh hair God. has Jolin cream bleach and she told that she told me she got at the commissary. She cinched her orange jumpsuit. She looked fantastic. And I looked like her homeless cousin from Utah, end quote. Oh, my God. <laughs> I believe this. <laughs> Yeah. While there, O'Donnell recalled asking her, quote, what do you miss the most aside from your daughter and your animals, obviously? And Stuart responded. I don't think the daughter would be in the top five. No, this is actually when they was... repaired their relationship. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, it was while she was in prison. Um, but Stuart responded, quote, the flavor of lemon. <laughs> the flavor of lemon. What a fucking... I white love it. lady rich white lady <laughs> me too. response me too um, oh my god yeah so o'donnell jokingly told stern quote and i said to her the flavor of lemon why didn't you tell me i could have shoved it up my hoo-ha come on i would have gotten a lemon in here that would have been nothing for me <laughs> and quote. that's incredible i love that <laughs> i love i love fellow connecticut resident rosie o'donnell um, so the interaction even inspired a special gift for Stuart upon her return home. O'Donnell said, quote, when she came back from prison, you know what I did, Howard? I flew in a lemon tree from Capri because it was the winter and I had it on her front porch for when she came back. And Amazing. I never heard back from her again. End <gasps> quote. <laughs> she only used you because she was in prison and she was bored. She wanted a lemon tree. <laughs> So when Howard Stern asked O'Donnell, though, how it felt to not hear back from Martha, I love Rosie O'Donnell because she replied, quote, when I feel people have suffered greatly, I want to drop grace on them if I can. I want to give you the opportunity to recover, end quote. And I'm like, okay. that's a classy yeah, that's actually, bitch. That's a classy. I would not have been that classy. I know. I'm like, who would have thought like, that I'd learned to be classy from Rosie O'Donnell and not Martha Stewart? Like, goddamn. Yeah. So, yeah. Martha got out of prison um like 
spoiler alert she does get out of prison um in march 2005 um and she later called the experience a quote very very awful thing end quote on katie kirk's podcast in 2017 saying quote it's not a good experience and it doesn't make you stronger i was a strong person to start with and thank heavens i was and i can still hold my head up high and know that i'm fine end quote but as Stewart told People Magazine in 2020, her time in prison wasn't all that bad. And not just because Rosie O'Donnell visited her. I wish Rosie O'Donnell would visit me in prison. I would, I would consider yeah, right. going to prison if that meant Rosie O'Donnell would visit. Um, if you're hated by Donald Trump, you're okay by me. Um, so, yeah, Martha said, quote, getting divorced was a terrible thing for me because we were the first to divorce in my family. And that we haven't spoken since the divorce is even more painful. But I'm very strong and I'm very motivated, very motivated to get on with life. Even when I went away for five months, I got through, I got through it. I learned how went to crochet. Away for five months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I learned how to crochet. I still have the gorgeous crocheted poncho that I wore leaving prison. It's in the attic and I re-upped my ceramics there. I had done a lot of ceramics as a child and we had this fabulous ceramics studio in West Virginia and I made an entire crèche scene. That's the, my best memory, end quote. Not, not that she got closer with her daughter um, and healed nope. their relationship. It's, it's the crèche scene. And she has also confirmed, though, that she's displayed this, this nativity crèche um, that she made, again, while serving time. She displays it in her home every holiday season since her release from prison in 2005. All right. She told Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show, quote, well, I was at this very lovely federal camp down in Alderson, West Virginia. <laughs> they, yep. had, they had a ceramics class and I chose to spend my evenings making ceramics, end quote. So then as Jimmy Fallon starts laughing at her euphemism for prison, he told her to cover her ears for a sec. And then he turns to the audience and he says, prison, <laughs> to yep. which Martha replied, quote, you can think of other ways to say it, you know. You don't have to say the P word, end quote. <laughs> like, I, like, this is all fun and games, like, joking about it and stuff. But, like, I don't think anyone should, like, suffer in prison. No. Like, it should be for rehabilitation yes. and, uh, like, with a goal of getting out. But, yes. like. And the rehabilitation should be, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's It should be the same for everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, she has such a platform that she could help a lot of look at uh, Piper prisons. Chapman. Like, yeah, like she she was in prison. Like she could do something about it. But like, that's I think part of it too. Know. She was in a minimum security prison. I get that, but still, like you were within the system, and you still had to go through a lot of what some less fortunate people have to go through but that's and... what i'm saying i don't think she did because like she's buying bleach to bleach her hair she's allowed to like cinch her jumpsuit she's allowed to the, like the make fact that she doesn't pottery. look to the fact that it seems like she doesn't look to her left and her right and like like see the other people that are there that don't have everything that she had going in yes but it i think that they care, still really. had more than it, again, as a minimum security prison, I don't think that I think that it I was it. I mean, a she's bougie not a prison. Yeah, well, she's no, not a murderer. I don't even she's mean not that. Like, I mean, I think it was yeah. like one of those rich people prisons. Yeah, I don't think I it was a prison. Probably. Like, I think it was like a rich people prison. You know what I mean? It's like when you send a yeah. kid on time out instead of grounding them. Yeah. 
But yeah, I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way the way oh, she's no, like making so much light of it and like oh, you're making not it like as such part. a joke. You're not gonna love the rest of this then. Yeah, because uh, she then relayed the story of how she came to make those nativity pieces, and the replicas of this are sold on her website martha.com saying she found quote something like 15 pieces end quote of suitable molds in the prison store that could be used to make a complete crèche um and then she got hit with a rule in prison that says quote you're allowed to make three things end quote and she told fallon quote i persuaded the warden that 15 pieces was one thing end quote which is very andy dwyer this counts as one yeah yeah um but so yeah when fallon displayed the original version of her nativity martha made of joseph while in prison she warned him to be careful handling it before showing him saying quote look on the bottom end quote and she points out that on the bottom there is this like sequence or whatever and she said quote that's my prison number like Oh my mm. gosh. Like, look at that. That's my prison number. You could see it was like, it, it's like baby's day out, but Martha Stewart in prison. Yeah. Um, yeah. So later while displaying the 14 piece white glazed nativity scene sold on her website, she had another way to describe these ceramic pieces while serving her sentence saying in a TikTok clip, because yes, Martha Stewart is on TikTok. Of quote, course. If you'd like to give a really beautiful and special gift this Christmas with a little street cred, they're all inspired by, guess what, a set that I made when I was confined. These are exact replicas of a nativity scene I made in my pottery class when I was away at camp, end quote. And here's away the thing. At camp. Away at camp. But the more that she says these things, like I was away at camp, I was at, a, what did she call it before? besides prison it was a, a lovely whatever federal camp whatever i wonder if she's tongue-in-cheeking it like if she put the martha stewart spin on it like you know what i mean i wonder if that's like yeah. all part of a joke like a shtick yeah i bet it is like i want like i'm sure i'd like you know what i mean like i like yeah you're like i'm sure that she takes it seriously like i really can't help but wonder based on the way that she says these things yeah it's just really shitty because People are put away oh, yeah. for longer time for less severe crimes. Mm -hmm. So there's still people in jail for weed. I was about about to say. For just having it. Yeah. Just in possession of it. And like not like a huge amount. Yeah, not enough to like sell, which they not people are probably selling forty five thousand dollars worth. Yeah, for a purpose because they need to feed themselves and their families. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. just yeah, not loving that no. uh, side of this story. I can't wait to get to the Snoop Dogg stuff. We'll get to the Snoop Dogg stuff. We're getting there. Yeah, um, we'll get there pretty soon actually because after she was released from prison, which again was in March two thousand five, Martha launched a highly publicized comeback and was once again involved with Martha Stewart Living. At this time, shares at MSLO were nearly four times higher than they were when she was sentenced, though the company's stock fell again by 40% shortly after she was released, and so she lost her title of billionaire once more. Mm. But while she may have lost that status, she did not lose public favor. After she was released, she involved herself in a variety of ventures, including magazines, branded items sold by flower shops, flooring distributors, and major retail chains like Costco, Lowe's, and Macy's. MSLO 
I did not know this. I don't know if you knew this. I didn't know this. It even launched a line of houses to be built by KB Home, initially in Cary, North Carolina, and ultimately in various other locations nationwide. But the first homes, which were inspired by Martha's Homes in New York and Mount Desert Island, Maine, were completed in early 2006. Okay, well, then maybe you've seen her house. Maybe. And maybe you've seen the houses that are inspired by that house because she's built... She's she's got blueprints for houses. I mean, and yeah, she did she did major in history and architectural history. So yeah, she's got I guess a little bit of that architecture background. But like, girl, houses, yeah, multiple houses. Like, it's pretty crazy. A a a company where you can get a house that's designed by Martha Stewart. Yeah, like shit, man. Um, yeah. So the most heavily promoted aspect of her comeback, though, was in television. Uh, Martha returned to daytime TV with the Martha Stewart Show, which was nominated in six categories for the 33rd Daytime Emmy Awards in 2006, including Best Show and Best Host. And she appeared in a short-lived adaptation of The Apprentice. She had been on The Apprentice, like the actual Apprentice. Yeah. Um, the adaptation was called The Apprentice Martha Stewart. It, I think, lasted a season. Um, didn't do well, but both shows premiered in September 2005 and were produced by Mark Burnett. She was also a regular contributor of cooking, crafts, and gardening segments on the Today Show once more. And mm. she also made a special appearance on shows like Law & Order SVU, um, the comedy drama series Ugly Betty. Mm-hmm. And she and on Ugly Betty specifically, um, that episode aired November 16, 2006, for Thanksgivings and a Funeral. And she gave her friend Wilhelmina Slater, played by Vanessa Williams, tips on how to prepare a turkey. Great. This is like right after prison. And yep. I think that was also part of the, the, the joke was that like they knew each other from prison. Maybe I don't really remember. I, I did see the show. I don't okay. fully remember. So don't quote me on that. But yeah. Um, but aside from TV, she also went back to publishing books in October 2005. She released a new book titled The Martha Rules on starting and managing a new business. One month later, her company released Martha Stewart Baking Handbook. Um a year after that, in October 2006, she published Martha Stewart's Home Keeping Handbook, which was a reference book about looking after the house. Okay. And at the time of her conviction, Martha's brand equity for her personal Martha Stewart brand was ranked worse than Enron. Ooh. For the youths, Enron was the, like, oil spill scandal of the early 2000s. Enron fucked our environment. Yeah. Like, raw and brutally so at that time it was worse martha stewart's brand was worse although her brand increased once more it was not as high as it was before she was convicted um in 2008 mslo still lost 16 million dollars when the recession hit and it experienced an estimated loss of 10 million dollars in 2010 um Mm. So on January 26, 2010, the Hallmark Channel at MSLO announced a multi-year strategic partnership through which her hour-long daytime TV series, The Martha Stewart Show, would be called Martha and moved to the Hallmark Channel on September 13, 2010. However, this did not quite work out the way I think they expected because TV ratings fell 70% compared to the year before, so the show only aired on Hallmark for two seasons before it was canceled in early 2012. Mm. But nevertheless, Martha persisted, 
And a new television series, Martha Stewart's Cooking School, debuted on PBS in October 2012 with weekly 30-minute episodes covering cooking techniques and basics. Mm -hmm. By 2011, she was making a more of a comeback through a number of different ventures. But although Martha appeared to be rebounding, MSLO continued to suffer. Uh, the scandal had occurred at an unfortunate time for her company because its publishing arm was in its, was in its mature stage. Uh, the television show was suffering declining ratings and the internet operation was taking heavy losses with New York Magazine reporting that Martha Stewart Living had only made a profit in one of the previous eight years. Mm. Also in 2011, uh, she debuted a new show on Hallmark trying to bring that back called Martha Bakes, which was just another 30 minute how to show. Yeah. Um, so the major problem that MSLO encountered with Martha's conviction and incarceration was its strong association with her. It was both its strongest like point and its weakest point. Yeah. Um, because market analysts have since estimated that basically the company depended too heavily on her name and image. Before the scandal, she personified a brand that was associated with her credibility and honesty. And then after the scandal, in which it was shown that she wasn't so credible yep. and wasn't so honest. Um, so it was just, it was tough to like kind of get back Navigate to. Navigate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she kept, she kept trying. She kept trying. Um, and in 2015, Martha sold MSLO to Sequential Brands Group for $353 million. Oof. Not bad. Like, yeah. not great. But not like she still made three hundred fifty three million dollars. And yeah. after the sale, she continued to receive a salary reported to be upwards of six million dollars in 2017, according to The New York Post. And her salary included four hundred six thousand nine hundred forty one dollars for, quote, non-business travel, one hundred fourteen thousand six hundred twenty dollars for, quote, utilities and telecommunication services. <laughs> How? Why? Why not? And $146,880 tied to, quote, personal fitness, wellness, beauty, and wardrobe, end quote. That's what I'd like. I would also like that. I would like any of that, give, honestly. Give me $150,000 to... Please. Do my hair. Please. Please. Give me 50. I'll even take 50. I'm cheap. Yeah. Um, $50. 50, no, 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 no. I'm not that cheap. <laughs> um, I just paid 300 to get my hair done last weekend. So Ooh, give me, like, hey. hey. Um, and that is non-LA prices. But I will say my girl is worth it. Um, and by my girl, I did mean my hairdresser, but also I'm worth it. So, um, we can all be a little bit like Martha, but yeah. So even though Martha Stewart was barred from acting as director of her company for five years following her like whole little time at camp, um, she continued and like now she's continued to control much of the company today, including about 50% of the company's stock and about 90% of its voting stock. Mm. And to this day, the scandal continues to yield different opinions because her fans accused the prosecution of targeting her unfairly because of her popularity. Um, for example, she was convicted. She was publicly vilified for avoiding a loss of around $50,000, a little more, a little less, depending on what sources you see. Um, meanwhile, in comparison... Tycho's former CEO and CFO, Dennis Kozlowski, and Mark Swartz 
they were convicted of cheating the company out of $600 million just a year later in 2005. Okay. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, misconduct at WorldCom and Enron lost investors billions of dollars and lost thousands of employees their jobs. Um, Another and, and another thing. Um, her insider trading scandal also pales in comparison to other notable scandals of major companies like Lehman Brothers and individuals like Bernie Madoff. Fuck you, Bernie Madoff, who mm. we talked about on episode 277. Um, yeah. Fuck you, Bernie. Uh, but it, it should be noted, however, that many of these men served years of prison time as opposed to Martha's five months. Yeah. But still, like around 50,000 versus, again, like 600 million and they served about five years in prison, five to seven years, I think is what it was, she where served she served five, five months. months. Like, yeah. mm, okay. You can't just say all financial crime from a dollar to a billion dollars is this amount in jail. Yes. So like, yes. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. That like she got a, a prison time that was um, in line with the amount of money that was at stake, I guess. Yes. Um. Well, and additionally, prosecutors and lawmakers stated regarding her conviction that their hope was it would act as a signal that corporate misconduct would not be tolerated no matter who the perpetrator was. Yeah. Um, Which, yeah, I think that's fair. But I think that also, I don't know. I feel like I can see the argument that, like, she kind of had the book thrown at her because it wasn't just that she lost, like, it wasn't just that she went to prison. It was mm-hmm. she she it like it it ruined her brand. I I can see I can see that, but also like denying it for as long as she did. Oh and yeah, still denying she did, it. Yeah, she should not like, have there done was, that. Yeah, there was wrongdoing. Like admit to it, and maybe the sentence won't be as bad. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Like I mean, I don't know, man. Like I I just. I don't know. I I think that it's all I think that it's all fucked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just it's all really I don't know. So to uh as far as what our girl M Stew is up to today. She has become beloved by the next generations. With a lot of yeah. it actually being due to the very street cred that originally made the public at KR parents turn on her. Um, in the fall of 2016, VH1 premiered a new show featuring Martha and her buddy, Snoop Dogg. Yep. I told you we'd get to it. Uh, titled Martha and Snoop's Potluck Dinner Party. Have you ever seen this show? <laughs> I have not. Find this show. Watch it. I have seen their their ads for Bic Lighters, though. Hilarious. Yes. Yes, they've done a few. They've done like Super Bowl ads. It's all um, like tongue in cheek, like weed stuff. It is because they like they smoke together. Like, yeah. it's it's a thing. And like, actually, um, I'll get into it because like, I just I'm a big fan of the show. It only ran for two seasons. Um, I I truly could not tell you where to watch is it. Is it cannabis infused? It is not cannabis infused. So what it was, it, okay. it was like games and musical guests and then they would snoop and martha would make recipes 
that their guest friends, which were like, it would be like Ice Cube would be on this show. Uh-huh. Like the guest friends would taste these recipes, like taste test them and be like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. Or, oh no, it's not that good. Um, and like, I'm talking all kinds of people were on this show. Seth Rogen and Wiz Khalifa have been on the show. Um, yeah, so you're saying mostly Snoop Dogg's friends. <laughs> no, Ashley Graham was on there. Kathy okay. Griffin was on there. Okay. Um, like it, it's it's a bit it's a bit of both, and then sometimes it's like okay, clearly this is neither of your friends. Um, for example, like like who who is actually friends with Robin Thicke, or even better, mm. Bella Thorne was on one episode. Like okay, mm, I yeah. don't know. I don't producers know. notes. Yes, yes, but needless to say, it's still a fun show, and it debuted to nearly three million viewers. It was a major success for Martha, who, according to the New York Post, was paid $1 million for the first season alone Oof. to, like, make food with her buddy, Snoop. Yeah. And to just be like, here, try these recipes. And and that's the thing, because before you say that their whole friendship is like a publicity stunt, a la Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson, who, if you don't think that relationship was a publicity stunt, like, we'll talk. Yeah. It yeah. was. No, it was. No, like, it was. Um don't ask me how i know but i know it was um but first of all so they have been friends since he appeared on the martha stewart show in 2008 um after which he went back for another appearance a year later and taught martha his brownie recipe adorable i know i know like that's the thing is there it's it's a tale as old as time martha and the dog um but also he or she told people magazine about her friendship in 2020 saying quote i learned a lot from my friend snoop just about his whole world suspend your disbelief everybody suspend it Mm -hmm. rap had always interested me that kind of Mm -hmm. poetry really resonates with me i listened to the words although some of them might be pretty hard to take early on i started inviting rappers to my daily show i had snoop p diddy and usher the only one that wouldn't come was Eminem. I still have not Eminem, and that is just ridiculous. End quote. <laughs> I guess. Why am I buying it though that Martha likes rap? It is I poetry. Know. I need her I need her to rap for I me. I need to hear her favorite raps. I need her to rap for me, but I also need to hear her yeah. favorite raps. I preferably I would like her to rap her favorite raps for me, Martha, if you're listening, because I know you are. Why wouldn't you be? Um but yeah, so plus when she went live on Instagram while making Christmas cookies in 2020, not only did Snoop turn in, tune in, um, he also commented, hi, Martha, I miss you, which uh-huh. she then put, po- I know, I know, like, come on, <laughs> come on, cute. I know, I love their friendship. Um, and like, if you're not commenting on your friend's Instagram stories, then like, or, or Instagram lives, like. Are you even friends? Come on. The tree falls in the forest. Be a good friend. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Martha has also, as part of her like cred, continued to foray into a variety of industries from a CBD gummy brand to, like you said, Bic Lighters with Snoop, a wine partnership with 19 Crimes. Remember that? Um, That's Snoop Dogg's uh, wine company. I don't know. If, is, it, is it his? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I just knew that it had different yeah. criminals on it. Um, Hold on. The first thing was it Thanksgiving or was it Christmas that I spent with Michael's family? That was the bottle of wine that I brought 
as a because I was just like I don't drink wine, but this is cool. I like crime. It's very cute. I like it. It yeah. is cute. It is a cute. I don't know anything about whether the wine tastes good or not because I don't drink. But like, yeah, it's AR enabled labels and mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg collaborations. Yeah, you can like yeah. hold your phone up and it'll talk to you about the crime that was done. Yeah. Um, like the person on the bottle will. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, she's and that's in addition to again, she still has various home accessory and home improvement and furniture lines with stores like Sears, Kmart, Home Depot, eBay, Macy's and more and more and more. Um, so by 2021, Forbes reported that Martha's Brands pulled in roughly nine hundred million dollars in combined retail sales annually and that her branded products can already be found in more than 70 million households. Dang. My mom has her dishes. Um yeah yeah actually i think i think my shower curtain is martha stewart actually yeah you'd be surprised like you go through your home and you'd be surprised how many things are either on purpose or accidentally martha stewart um or like there was a thing of like there was some kind of a cookie recipe or whatever that like i've known for years and it turns out nah martha stewart girl um all right but yeah so forbes also estimated that her kitchen goods brand martha stewart kitchen would bring in as much as $1 billion by 2025, which is not that far away. Yeah. Um, But that's not the only reason that millennials and Gen Z love Martha, besides her affordable brands. Um, In 2020, okay, Martha arguably broke the internet when she posted a, I'll say it, sexy poolside selfie. I remember this, yes. (laughs) Taken at her home in East Hampton, New York. She's in the Hamptons, of course she is. Uh-huh. to her instagram with a caption that went into like heavy detail about the construction of her pool like the construction work that was being done on her pool yeah she told people magazine after the photo went viral quote i didn't know what a thirst trap was but now i do now i'm looking for the next thirst trap i love yeah. doing those promiscuous provocative things because it's just fun end quote she's like in her 80s i love it um yeah since then, Martha has posted multiple selfies on her socials to much fanfare from her 1.8 million followers. And in 2022, she went on to further prove her cultural rele- relevancy by appearing on an episode of The Kardashians on Hulu with Kris Jenner and Khloe Kardashian, um, who she meets them in this episode. They're both visibly excited to be meeting her. They had, a, they had lunch, they took some selfies, and then Martha left. And Khloe Kardashian said in a confessional interview on the episode, quote, I love Martha Stewart. I love entertaining. I love organization. I love animals. I love flowers. I love all those things. I also love that Martha's not a snitch and it's my kind of gal, end quote. (laughs) Great. Just two prisoners having fun. Um, Kim, stop taking selfies. Your sister is going to jail. Last June, Martha announced that she would be launching her first original podcast like like daughter like mother oh yeah and it was titled the martha stewart podcast because of course it was and it was she had to break into podcasts at some point Uh uh-huh everybody has um surprised it took this long yep it is in partnership with iHeartRadio, and the first episode premiered on june 22nd 2022 last june like a year ago Mm -hmm. and her first guest being of course her bff snoop Snoop. yeah also two of my co-workers were on it back in like november december (laughs) that's so cool i know um but yeah so most recently martha also as an uh, either direct or indirect i'm not sure but i'm sure that this was involved 
um, result of that selfie that she took by the pool, she graced the cover of the 2023 Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. And at 81 years old. Oldest person to do so. Oldest person to do so at 81 years old. That's crazy. The magazine described her as, quote, the very definition of influencer, end quote, due to the fact that she reaches more than 100 million fans every month through her magazines, TV shows, books, and products. That doesn't even include her socials. Yeah. Um, And she wrote, she posted the cover on her Instagram story and wrote in the caption, quote, I hope this cover inspires you to challenge yourself to try new things, no matter what stage of life you are in. Changing, evolving, and being fearless, those are all very good things indeed. End quote. I like that. I liked that. And that's what I figured I'd close it on. Yeah. Yeah. There is life after prison. Even if it is a minimum security prison with a ceramic studio and the ability to dye your hair and alter your clothes. You still had millions of dollars once you got out, so. Yes. Um, And I'm not sure what her... um, net worth is investopedia said that it was in the vicinity of 400 million as of 2020 i don't know i don't know if that's changed because a lot has happened since 2020 and i don't know when in 2020 like were they going based off exactly pre-pandemic oh pre-pandemic pre-selfie like these are all very different numbers (laughs) but yeah that is that is martha stewart insider trader felon homemaker yeah 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 wow i know we do learned some have, stuff do you have a palate cleanser before I, have... I i plug everything and we get the hell out of here all right all right hear me out hear me the fuck we out we didn't do one last week i'm, I'm I, I, I can do two okay I do two. <laughs> i'm am i ready who is she um oh for those who have asked uh the vegan diet we are on week three y'all week four is when Caitlin is on it, not me. I'm on it. Yes, the we I'm is me. I'm still a meat bitch. Yeah, I know, and I hope you're eating enough for me because listen, um, yeah, um, I'm 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 still struggling because you'd be surprised how much dairy and eggs are in things. Um, but the good news is one of my best friends since high school is getting married. At the time you're hearing this, this weekend, um, and I will be going to that and the day that her wedding falls on happens to be the same day that my diet ends, and I'm like, fuck yeah we're getting turned um yeah but no i have two things one if you need to rent a car a if you can if you have the if you have the means if you have a costco membership rent it through costco it is infinitely cheaper b go back because costco allows free cancellations at any time go back every day and check to see if the price is still the same the next day because nine times out of 10, it will be lower. I say this because last week I booked a rental car because we're gonna be going to all of these wedding events all over Connecticut and I'm not that kind of bitch. $220 for a rental car for like four days, three days, something mm-hmm. like that. Yesterday, no, two days ago, it was down to 192. 220 to 192, so I canceled, I rebooked. This morning I checked again, 181, canceled, rebooked. Mm-hmm. You can cancel and rebook as many times as you like. Don't become beholden to i don't know capitalism that kind of shit yeah um and speaking of not being beholden to capitalism sometimes you go to nordstrom to see if they have a dress when you have no intention of buying said dress but you just want to see what they have for a wedding and you're like i have plenty of dresses at home so you don't do that um and then you go and you find a dress and you're like maybe i'll keep this dress as a backup just in case 
And then you go to the shoe section to see if the shoes that you know that you have that are there at Nordstrom are going to go with the dress that you're going to buy as a backup dress. And you end up finding a pair of $260 Badgley Miska shoes that have a teeny tiny little pill on one of the straps, which brings them down to $77 from $260. So you go and you buy those fucking shoes, friends, okay? You buy the shoes. You buy the car, you buy the shoes. You buy the cow. You didn't buy the car, you rent a car. You buy the rental car agreement. Yeah. And the Costco membership. You buy the, Actually, that's really what it should come down to. It's just save your money. Be a savvy financial bitch without, like, any felonies. Uh-huh. And... That's my palate cleanser. That and yeah. please so drink you, a Coke you, Zero for me. You shouted out um, Costco and Costco rental car. I'm going to shout down uh, just to reiterate: um, United Airlines is the worst airline in the country. So please don't use United <laughs> Airlines. We're taking a United uh, flight to this wedding. Don't do this to me. Yeah. Um, after my horrible <laughs> experience with United not too long ago, guess what's mm-hmm. the only airline that flies nonstop yep. from Newark to yep. Denver? Yep. Guess what? Because it's that's, their Airlines. Home. that's their home yep. spot. I wish it wasn't. I wish I their home would be in the middle of the ocean somewhere. <laughs> um, but they're the worst airline, even though I. Speaking of had, deserving to go to prison. <laughs> yeah, I had 30,000 airline miles because of my horrible experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and do you know you can't use all of your airline miles on a flight what? i was only i was only able to use uh up to 50 percent of my uh of the flights miles on the flight that so 180 dollar like flight not not hugely bad but also uh they made me pay to pick my seat <gasps> um Yes, $180 flight. I was only able to get down to 130 So United Airlines is still the worst airline in the country. If you or someone you know works for United Airlines, I'd love to speak to you um, because they are horrible. I don't think if you know somebody who works for United Airlines, I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe don't subject them to Haley's ire. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe meanwhile, don't. Meanwhile, American Airlines, I booked a flight home from Boise. Don't ask why, but uh, I booked a flight home from Boise, and I booked it through my credit card, and I was able to use all my credit card points. I had, yeah. I didn't have enough points for the entire flight, but I only had to pay $30. Oh, hell yeah. That counts. Flight. That counts. Yeah. That's yeah. practically the entire flight. If I, had enough, if I had enough points, it would have been free, because one time I was flying home from Denver. Uh, no, I was flying back and forth from Denver for my birthday, mm-hmm. and I got the entire flight for free because I had so many credit card points. Jesus so my Christ. credit card will let me get a free flight, but United Airlines, after they made me wait in Denver for six days, no, I'm not allowed to get a free flight from them. So they nah. can go fuck themselves. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's our that's our pallet equilibrium. Yeah, that's my <laughs> shout down. We got shout ups. Good God. And shout downs. Damn. Jesus. Yeah. But anyway, we are Crime Culture. You can find we us are. on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And not like that in a minute. But we do have a Discord. If you message <gasps> yeah. us on our social media or preferably email us at crimeculturepod at gmail.com, mm-hmm. um, we will give you the link to our Discord and we post spoiler alerts. Uh, if you are a patron, you got to message me separately what your actual god-given christian name is instead of your username because i don't know who people are uh if you message me separately what your uh full uh name is then and you're a patron then you'll have access to the patreon only section of the discord where caitlin will be posting her what am i drinking during recording we just have other uh random 
patron only discussions on there so um you can join that uh you can Meg. join the patreon Meg's if you haven't already for that sorry babe yes sorry uh, join the Patreon a little as a dollar as much as whatever you want. You can vote on episodes, which if you are a patron of that level, vote now. Do not wait for the September episode because we have to record that early because of both of our travel plans. So too many weddings. Get on it. Too many weddings. That's our that's our Far that's our tip weddings. of the week is stop getting married. <laughs> Everyone is so in love and it's so financially draining. Um but yeah, so do that, and um, we will see you next Tuesday. We'll see you at some point. Okay, bye. Bye.